Hi, podcast listeners. Jenny here. It's been a while, but I'm so glad you're here. It's also been a busy couple of months trying to relaunch Still Here. For those of you who don't know, I'm a freelance journalist, and sometimes the hustle can get a little crazy. For just this one episode, for instance, it's meant squeezing in edit sessions in hotel rooms, Airbnbs, airplanes, long taxi rides. Last week, I made some tweaks while floating on a rowboat in the Bangladeshi jungle. True story. So please, consider all this when you listen in. Some of the events and scenes are outdated by a couple of months, but do not let that diminish the relevancy of this issue. It means a lot to me. It's about indigenous journalism, something I spend my waking hours obsessing about, and the main reason why I launched this podcast in the first place. So check out the newsletter on the website for more commentary about the topic of this show, and enjoy. You know me. (laughs) Jenny, I cried. During the last week of August, something historic happened in Indian country. A treaty victory. But you didn't read about it in the legacy press. I got a phone call from, from uh, uh, the Tahlequah area saying we won. We won our case. And I just broke down. When you say that you, you cried when you heard the news, where did those tears come from? Tears came from my heart, came from my grandfather, um, my love for being a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and being a Cherokee. A decade after the Cherokee Nation voted to deny citizenship to thousands of descendants of Africans that it once enslaved, a district court judge reversed the tribe's decision. The ruling hinged on a post-Civil War treaty known as the Treaty of 1866 that granted, quote, all the rights of native Cherokees to the emancipated slaves and their offspring. The story is very much an indigenous version of the very public conversation Americans are having right now about the Civil War and how this period in time should be observed in modern times. Except this narrative, like so many others from Indian country, is muted buried by a lot of other compelling headlines. The worst flood in memory is coming. During the week that tribal citizenship was restored to the Cherokee freedmen, the historic name of the group of those descending from Cherokee slaves, the news cycle was fixated on the despair happening in Houston. But y'all sit here, y'all trying to interview people during their worst times. Like, that's not the smartest thing to do. Like, people are really breaking down and y'all sitting here with cameras and microphones trying to ask us what the fuck is wrong with us. Drowned out by this important coverage were voices like Mark Harrison, a family man and the great-grandson of a Cherokee-owned slave. All I can say is, I know how my ancestors felt. I, I, I know how my grandfather felt when they stripped him of his citizenship. I'm, I'm today emotionally. The story of the Cherokee freedmen is not unlike others from tribal communities deeply rooted in the past and otherwise foreign to most outsiders. For that reason, it seems easy for many editors to dismiss as narratives too complicated to unpack or requiring too much thinking of its readers. It's why it's unsurprising, then, that many of these issues are simplified by outsiders themselves, filed under the opinion section. Exactly how news of the Cherokee Freedmen got framed in the mainstream as opinions about race relations in America 
Never mind that a historic treaty was honored. Guadzi, hello, and welcome to Still Here. Modern stories of resilience, indigenously told. I'm your host, Jenny Monet. In this episode, I'm relaunching the podcast to take a deliberate look at journalism and the indigenous narrative. It's in trouble. In many ways, this podcast project itself is a direct response to case studies like the Cherokee Freedmen, a counter-approach to all those editors and gatekeepers who routinely pass on these stories or worse, appoint others to try and explain the indigenous narrative, oftentimes with cringeworthy outcomes. I'm not alone in mulling over these sentiments. In early September, a community of Native journalists convened in Anaheim, California for the Native American Journalist Association Conference, a gathering that got all of us talking about indigenous media and what it should look like in 2017. The best benefit for our members. You know, instead of asking other people to do it, let's just do it ourselves. We want to create it, and we want to do it, and we want to make it right, then let's do it. It was a Saturday in early September, and about two dozen of us packed into an executive hotel suite, sitting along long sofas and lounge chairs. So I have a really weird business model where I give stuff away for free. My colleague, Mark Trahan, a Shoshone Bannock writer, podcaster, and professor, led the conversation. We have an enormous bank of talent in Indian country. It was an ad hoc affair, prompted by the sudden closure of Indian Country Today a news website and magazine publication that suddenly went dark days earlier. We have a small audience on Facebook, a very tiny audience, but Ryan McMahon, our, our First Nations friend, is asking why Indian country failed. You want to, in a, a dip, diplomatic, nice way, <laughs> just answer that for him? Sure. 60% I think they spent too much money. Uh, some of the money they spent was wild. I mean, I think it was absolutely the smartest move in the world to spend money on standing up. The news outlet, Indian Country Today, employed many of these writers. As the publication looks for a new buyer, there's a sense of urgency to keep these Native voices heard. One model I thought of is, um, what if we didn't try to create a news vehicle, but instead created a structure for people to get paid? Something like uh, journalism fellows. We raise money. Well, the good is that we're all together and we have an opportunity to talk about this when we can still do something. Mark and I talk about journalism in Indian country a lot, to the point of ultimate nerdness. Going back, I look back at the uh, end of the Tundra Times, which was a really important publication that did some really amazing work. Give yourself extra points if you've ever even heard of the Tundra Times. Few people outside Indian country have a publication that launched in 1962 and today is credited for shepherding immense change for Alaska Natives. It's not, I think, overstating to say that the Tundra Times led to the creation of not only the Alaska Federation Natives and the idea, the modern idea of Alaska Natives as an entity, but the whole Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act, the rise of leadership of Alaska, that came from the press. And I think that shows the real awesome responsibility and power that we have when we do our jobs right. 
Like Indian country today, though, the Tundra Times met financial woes, and in 1997, it folded. At the conference, Mark brought with him the last issue that went to the presses of the Times, a symbolic reference to the current state of indigenous media. You know, it's always been my contention that Indian country today, uh, when we first started out, it had a soul. It had a spirit. It was uh, truly Native American. That's Tim Gallego, the Oglala Lakota journalist from Pine Ridge, South Dakota, who started Indian Country Today in 1992. He sold it to the Oneida Nation six years later. Today, Gallego is owner and editor-in-chief of Native Sun News, one of dozens of Native-owned regional newspapers covering tribal community independently. The Native American journalists today need, need to keep that spirit alive. They need to never forget the fact that they are from sovereign nations. And uh, when they write, they, they look at Native America through a different prism than, than your average uh, news reporter. Because most news reporters from major newspapers have never been on a reservation, never experienced the life there. They don't know the culture, the traditions, or even an uh, inkling of the knowledge. What the American public tends to know about Native American people, it, it typically is centered around non-Native narratives that are really dehumanizing and really limiting. Sarah really Sunshine Manning is a former middle school and high school teacher and a current graduate student at the University of South Dakota. Ideally, Her major? Journalism. As journalism. A and traditionally, among indigenous tribes and indigenous people, storytelling served um, multiple functions to connect us to our surroundings, to teach um, important values. And for my tribe, the Paiute tribe, we have stories about coyote, and coyote would do these really outrageous things, and those are important stories to tell because we learned not to act like coyote. Approaching this as an indigenous person first and a journalist second, it's, it's my hopes that I can continue to, to tell stories in a way that um, challenge the misinformation out there. But then again, I don't always like this idea of, of having to push back against that narrative. Sometimes I just want to tell a story the same way that our grandmothers told stories. You can read some of Sarah's selected works as well as others from Mark and Tim on the Still Here website at stillherepodcast.com. And also find links to my full interviews with each of them. So much good stuff got cut for this bite-sized podcast. Also on the website, a link to a growing asset map of indigenous media that exists across Indian country. It was spawned from that spontaneous journalism discussion in Anaheim. If you know of any native news outlet or native journalists that should be included, Feel free. It's open source. And oh yeah, you can also listen to this latest track, Still Here, from JB, the First Lady of the Nuxalk and Cayuga Nations in Canada. Thank you, JB, for letting me carry out this show with your beats. Still Here is a listener-supported podcast. There are many ways to support the show, including clicking on the pink Donate button at stillherepodcast.com. Any gift over $100, and I'll give you a shout-out on the next episode. And I'm really doing my best to try to get these pods out to you on a routine basis. 
Last year, Standing Rock coverage dominated my life. This fall, I'm on a journey across the indigenous world, and I very much want to take you with me. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and please head over to iTunes and leave a comment. It helps. Dawae, thank you for listening, and stay strong and resilient, everyone. But we still here, we still here. The message is clear, they wanted us to disappear. But we still here. The message is clear, they wanted us to disappear. But we still here, we still here. And rage and resistance take back the land. Still Here is sponsored by Agency Mabu, a creative and talented team of marketing pros helping you brand your business in a way your target audience will love. Mabu can design awesome logos like ours and so much more. Agency Mabu, marketing and advertising and business unlimited. Mabu, marketing good works.